The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we're coming to you live from a room in my house and from other places around Southern California. And we have a very special guest today. And I meant to tell our producer that our very special guest might be joined by another person. So if you see another person pop up, we're not sure whether we have somebody else that's joining. I meant to tell you that before. Now is a good time during the live show to tell you that. <laughs> it's that kind of a week, you guys. There is all kinds. Hello, Julia. So great to see you again. Uh, there's all kinds of things going on. We are just two days away from Halloween. We are just five days away from a big election here in the United States. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking for all kinds of things to do to like distract me and celebrate the season. And I just want you to know that I can't find my camera. There we go. Uh, I have this cooking in my oven right now. This is one of my fall favorites. This is ridiculously good and they don't pay me anything to say that. Um, but they should, cause I love them so much. And I tell people about it all, all the time. I'm so bad with finding my camera. So, uh, this is breads from Anna and this is the banana bread mix. They also have the most fabulous pumpkin bread mix in the world. Um, but this, this and that are not only our family favorites, but we get asked to bring these to events and it's people who don't eat like we do. So I, I just want to make you aware of, look at this. It says it's gluten-free, dairy-free, corn-free, soy-free, nut-free, yeast-free, and rice-free. And I know what you're thinking, what the heck's in it? Um, and so let me just read you. Okay. The number one ingredient, and, and, you know, I'm always a big fan of saying, let's keep our kids low sugar, but you know, every now and then uh, doesn't hurt too much uh, with most kids asterisk, right? So the ingredients are unrefined cane sugar, tapioca starch, arrowroot, millet flour, potato starch, chia flour, chickpea flour, navy bean flour, pinto bean flour, cream of tartar, baking soda, xanthan gum, and salt. And it is guaranteed to be free from gluten, dairy, corn, soy, peanuts, tree nuts, yeast, and rice. And they um, package their mixes in our own dedicated facility free from wheat, gluten, soy, peanuts, tree nuts, fish, and shellfish. And uh, it says we, nutrition matters. We use a blend of three different pre-cooked bean flours and chia flour, which provide a good source of protein, fiber, uh, vitamins, minerals, omega-3s, and an antioxidants. We do not use refined sugars. Absolutely love this stuff. It is so good. Um, you know that when you're making gluten-free stuff, sometimes that it, it tastes like something on the bottom of a shoe. Hello to Patricia. Um, and you know that sometimes it's like, maybe it's okay, but the texture is off uh, or, or there's like, it's like, it tastes okay for a second. And then the aftertaste comes and you're like, Whoa, what was that? 
This does not have that. I got to tell you, I have made this. I used to make this. This is how long ago, 15 years ago, we were in the fall, we were doing therapy and the therapists would come. And I, first of all, your whole, whole house will smell fabulous. Uh, but even, uh, I shouldn't say this because they're not supposed to eat anything at your house ever. Um, but therapists liked it. Okay. I want to do a shout out to Ava and I want to say hi to Ava. Ava, I'm so glad you're here and we just love you so much. So to Ava, so glad that Ava is here with us. Okay. Uh, and by the way, we said this the other day that if you want to do romper room shout outs, I love to do shout outs to your kiddos. So uh, much, much love to Ava. And thank you, Julia, for reminding us that Ava is here. So excited that she is here. Hi, Mariana. We're so thrilled that you guys are here. We got a big show this morning, but I had to start talking. And and I love. I have met Anna. Um, they they have a facility in Iowa, and I have relatives in Iowa, but I didn't meet her in Iowa. I met her at a gluten free conference, and she is the sweetest little thing. And there are other mixes that they have too. They have bread mixes. They have stuffing mixes. I pretty much encourage you to order it from their website. There are different grocery stores that have it, but go ahead, order it from their website. And I encourage you. Uh, oh, and we got to say hi to Mia. Ava has a sister, Mia. Mia, how are you? We're so glad that you're here and what a good sister you are. So shouting out to Mia. Um, but uh, just, I just want to say, absolutely love it. It has the American Choice Certified Best Product Award. Yeah, Autism Live loves it too. So absolutely love this. You can make it for people who um, aren't gluten-free and they won't know. Hey, nature love, saying hello to you. All right, you guys. So sorry for that little uh, impromptu commercial. <laughs> that wasn't meant to be a commercial, but I love it. So I like to order. I should have ordered my, before I told you guys about it because um, I like to order a case each of the banana bread and the pumpkin bread and give it for gifts around the holidays because it's the gift that keeps on giving, right? So anyway, uh, so thrilled to be here with you guys this morning. We are live right now on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and what did I leave out? Periscope. And you can be writing in on any of those places like a lot of you guys are doing right now. Good morning, Parker. Um, you know, I, I, the question was just asked, is this good for diabetics? I got to be honest, uh, I am now diabetic. And so I will not be partaking of this today, but I think it depends for you. It's pretty high uh, in protein, but it's 17 carbs um, per serving. So it depends on how, you know, uh, how you, how your sugar is. I know that for me right now, this is not my uh, not going to be my go-to, but um, I would encourage you to check it out and see. So, um, and can I just tell you the other trick for this that I have learned over the years that if you're making gluten-free products, that you need to have your wet ingredients all totally mixed before you add them to your dry ingredients. Because if you really like beat um, gluten-free flours, you will have stringy, horrible, not good texture. So I have a little Nutribullet and I stick the bananas and the eggs and the oil in it. And then I mix that all up totally. So the eggs are really well mixed. And then I fold it in just to keep, make sure that it's all wet. Um, and that is with any gluten-free mix, that's sort of the key. Mix your eggs and your um, 
wet stuff separately really well, like beat the hey nani nani out of it separately before you stick it in with the with the dry ingredients. Uh, that's a really um, a much better way of doing that. But thanks for asking that question, Parker, because there are a lot of folks uh, in this community that are diabetic. And which brings me to my next thing. I, I want to say that for all of you that are watching, please check us out live, but you can also watch us in podcast. And we are, uh, I just saw today for the first time uh, us on Audible. And I just, I thought that really kind of jazzed me out. So take a look at all the different places. Poor Trayvon uh, <laughs> is having trouble squeezing as many of them on as possible. We're on Google Play now? Stop. It's so exciting. So, and we are free on all of those different places that we podcast to. For those of you who are listening right now, because you might have downloaded just the audio portion, we're on iTunes, Google Play, po Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Ghana, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Audible, and Deezer, as well as others. If you're watching live, though, we encourage you to write in on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Periscope if you're watching recorded. We encourage you to put your chats in the chat on autism-live.com. That is our homepage. We are getting ready in a couple of weeks to unveil the new toy and gift guide. And we hope that you'll check that out. The old one is there now if you're already doing some of your shopping for the holidays. It's not a bad idea to get stuff ordered uh, early. But uh, we have actually a few years of the toy guides that are up on our website. The most recent one is at the top on the under the toy guide icon, and the two before that are under the blog. So take a second to check those out. Hey, uh, this show is for the whole autism community that starts with people who are on the autism spectrum that have the diagnosis themselves. We love and respect and want to help those individuals. And we want to make a home here for their voice to be heard. But we also include in the conversation, because we feel that they're a very part of the conversation, very important part of the conversation, everyone who loves those individuals. That's what we're here trying to provide information and inspiration to that whole community. So I, I hope that if you're here, that you will reach out to us and let us know what we can do to help support you. This is not a one-size-fits-all community. My role here is our happy tour guide <laughs> on this madcap ride. And my, uh, my sort of uh, deal why I'm here is because I'm a very proud mom. My son was diagnosed at two and a half. He's now 17, almost 17 and a half. And we're, we love him up up, down, sideways, all the way around, and are very proud of him and have been thrilled with the amount of progress that he has made for himself with great resources. I want to help you to get to that point for yourselves as well. Good morning to Nasser. Good morning to Nature Love. We're going to get to some questions here in a minute, but we have a great guest who's going to be joining us. Let's hit it first with our jargon of the day. Uh, this is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani, nani, are those experts talking about? What does this have to do with us? What, you know, why should we even care? So today's term, it's an oldie but a goodie. It's antecedent. It's one of the very first jargon terms in autism that I learned and that I was like, well, why don't they just say what it means, right? But once I learned this term, I, like I've never forgotten it. And it, and I swear to you that I use this 
every single day. And you do already, but you just didn't know that it was called this fancy word. And I would reject the word, except that it works well with something that we'll need to remember. I know I'm speaking convolutedly. But antecedent starts with an A, and we always talk about the ABCs of behavior. And so it works well for that. So let's take a look. What does it actually mean? First, we give you the actual definition, and we try to make fun of it whenever possible. Antecedent, anything that occurs or is present immediately before the behavior of interest. Now, there's not a lot to make fun of here, um, but sometimes even this, if you're overwhelmed and underslept, you're like behavior of interest what are we talking about, right? So let's move on to our working definition because this is where we start. What happened before? So you get a phone call and they say, uh, hello, Mrs. Gibson, your son uh, got into trouble today. He had a very rough day today. And at one point he threw crayons. And what's the first thing that you say? What happened before? And if you can train your brain whenever something happens or goes awry or just isn't the way that you're hoping it will be today or another day, if you ask yourself, okay, hmm, what happened right before? Because there are clues there. It's not necessarily the whole thing because we really need the ABCs. So the A is the antecedent, what happened before, the B is the behavior, the C is the consequence. But a lot of times, you can head things off at the pass if you understand the antecedent. So, and this, by the way, this goes for kiddos on the spectrum. This goes for adults on the spectrum. This goes for kiddos that aren't on the spectrum. This goes for adults that aren't on the spectrum and everything in between. So let's say your mother-in-law can be very nice and you just love her to death, except sometimes she turns into the wicked witch of the West. And you're like, what happened? Well, it's a good idea to start thinking of it. You know, we were sitting there at lunch and everything was going well. And then she started in on me. And if you ask yourself the question, what happened before? And you really got to look at this as if, you know, it's that thing in a dream where in a dream sequence in a movie where all of a sudden the camera pulls back and you can see the whole picture. That's really how you want to look at what happened before. What happened before? Did you just serve, uh, you know, pink lemonade? Did you just say something about your sister-in-law? Did you um, just clear your throat? Like what? What are all the things that happened before? Because they're clues to what set your mother-in-law off. It could be just like our kiddos that your mother-in-law ha has an allergy to a food coloring that was in the pink lemonade. Could be. It could be that she's very sensitive about the sister-in-law because she thinks that you don't like her daughter. Could be, right? Uh, it could be any one of a thousand things. But when you start to see, okay, for instance, you know, um, my mother, God rest her soul, she's not with us anymore, but my mother was hypoglycemic. And it took me maybe 32 years to like notice that if my, if you didn't, if my mother said, I'm hungry, if you didn't put something in her hands or in her mouth to eat within like eight minutes, she was going to get hangry, hangry, and she would get nasty, right? And what we learned was if she says she's hungry, I always pack snacks 
especially when she was older. You know, if we were going to go someplace and I needed to be there for quite a while with her and I needed her to hang, pack a snack, right? I can remember when my grandmother was going through chemotherapy and my mother, you know, I had to take her with me and my mother was going through a different kind of treatment and I, you know, long drives with them and I packed snacks. I, like I had two toddlers with me, right? Kept them happy. If you can head off a behavior before it happens, your life is so much better. The two minutes that it took me to pack some cookies and some graham crackers and stuff to have in the car made my car ride in my entire day so much better because we didn't get to the point where she was telling me that I was driving in a way that she doesn't want. Now that's just, you know, two lovely elderly women, but it's the same way for all of us, right? I want you to now start thinking about when you get upset, what was the antecedent? What happened that set you off? And can you do something to head that off at the past for yourself? Like if you have had enough to drink, are you less likely to pop off, right? If you've had enough sleep, um, you know, and even understanding that if you go, okay, well, I know that I'm, my temper is thinner when I sleep. Um, and so when somebody says this to me, I'm more likely to go off, you know, what can I do to mitigate that? It, you know, if I make sure that I've got something to drink, um, you know, just like make myself a nice cup of herbal tea, does that help if I don't have enough sleep? You know what I mean? Um, if we begin to understand this for ourselves and then understand it for the world and understand it for our kiddos, life gets better. It really does. Now, this is a tool that we don't always take out and use. And there are days that I go, what? Like, I know better. Why am I not looking at these antecedents for myself? None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. But antecedents are something that we have so much more control of than we have of a lot of other things in our life. Uh, I always try to ask myself, are we setting ourselves up for success here? Uh, you know, what can we do to set ourselves up for success? So um, understanding what your antecedents are that lead to behavior, understanding what your kids are, whoo, helpful, helpful, helpful stuff. Okay, moving on. We always have a question of the day for you. And our question today bum, ba, da, bum, is what's your favorite candy? Now, can you tell where my head is at? <laughs> I, I showed you the banana bread and now I'm asking you what your favorite candy is. But the truth is, is that it is Halloween on Saturday. For some of you, you're celebrating. Some of you are doing it in a different way. Some of you are just abstaining from it. It's all good. Um, we've talked about this week about maintaining traditions and creating new ones. And um, it's so important that we have things that are reinforcing this week. And I don't normally encourage you to go to the candy, but if, if you're going to go to it in a, in a way that eats your favorite candy, don't be eating the candy that, you know, there's some candy that nobody likes, right? <laughs> uh, that's like, why do they even still make that? Uh, I don't even know. Uh, right. So don't waste your time on circus peanuts, right? If you're going to eat some candy, get, get yourself the kind that you like, just don't buy a that of it. Be nice to yourself, but moderation in all things, right? Okay, I'm hurrying along because we're late uh, and we got a great guest today. So uh, our next uh, thing is our topic of the week, which I already kind of hit on. Uh, if you can't do the tradition the way that you have always done it, morph it, change it, create a new tradition. 
my uh, son uh, came to me yesterday and he's like, so are, are we going to carve some kind of pumpkin or are we going to do the watermelon thing? What are we going to do? Uh, and I was like, oh, I better order that. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know whether we're going to be able to get watermelons and pumpkins at this time because it's a little bit late. I thought it was so on top of it in so many different ways. But if we don't, we'll find something. I've, I've got a bunch of uh, squash out in our garden that if we have to, we will carve some squash. You know what I'm saying? And that will be a new tradition for us to talk about years later and go, remember the year in the great isolation when we had to carve the squash? Do what you got to do. But make it about the connection, not about what it, you know, not about, well, we've always done it this way, so we have to do it this way. The truth is that doesn't hold water. Um, this will be memorable too. It's about connecting with your loved ones in a way that's meaningful. Yeah. Okay. I've hurried through that, but I wanted to get to our guest who is amazing. Um, she's been on the show many times before. Elaine Hall is the founder and executive artistic director of The Miracle Project. And uh, we're so thrilled that she is here with us today. And Traven, she may have a guest that joins us as well. And I'll have her talk about that in just a second here. And you guys, I'm going to try to get to some of your questions and I apologize. Um, I love that you love anything that's gummy. I'm, I'm a fan of the gummies as well. So is Elaine with us? Can we bring her on? She is there. Look at her. Hi, Elaine. Hi. Well, so great to be with you. And I love, I love, can you guys hear me okay? I'm good. Yeah, there was a, there was a little rustling for a second, but now we can hear you. Okay. okay. Uh, no, I, I love what we were talking about with the antecedent event and uh, and, and how it, it affects all of us, right? Not not only our, 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 um, our students and, and friends on the spectrum and uh, because we're all neurodiverse, really, and we're all impacted by our environment and our sleep and all of that. And um, I love what you were sharing about. I used to remember I, I would get phone calls that would say, out of nowhere, Neil just, you know, threw, uh, you know, took everything off the, the table in the cafeteria. And uh, then going, really, out of nowhere? Yeah. And then, and then you kind of do the steps backwards and you realize he didn't want to go in the cafeteria in the first place. And he asked to leave and they said no. And then a group of cheerleaders came in and started screaming and yelling. And then someone dropped a, a tray and then out of nowhere, Neil threw and, you know, everything off the table. And what did they do? They took him out. Well, what did he want in the first place? Yes, so, he wanted out. He wanted out. In he the won. first place. Right. And so it's so much about like what you were saying. I, I was just remembering it. It's so much about listening. And listening early on to what our kids need and want so that we aren't caught in that out of nowhere, right? Yes. Yeah, it makes me crazy when people who should know better, because I'm a former teacher, and it's not like this information isn't available to teachers when they're like, yeah, yeah and, and I get it. When people are new to the game, they go, my child is engaging in this behavior that's just random. It has no reason. It has no purpose. And that's one of the first things that we learn is that's not, that doesn't exist. Everything that, our, everything we do, everything our kids do, um, there's a reason for it. It's some form of communication. So thank you for reminding us. But Elaine, I didn't, you know, I said that you were the, you know, the wonderful mastermind behind the Miracle Project, but I, I forget to identify you as a wonderful mom. You have a fabulous son, Neil, that is very well known in the autism community, a lovely soul. 
and a talented soul. Uh, sometime I want to, you know, I've always, it's been on my list of things and then I just haven't done, I want to come and like garden with, with Neil. I know he's got a particular green thumb. Um, so, uh, but you are a fabulous mom and that's sort of how you came into this community. But fortunately for us, you have shared what you learned along the way in so many different ways and created, first there was autism well, there was the Miracle Project and there was Autism the Musical. Now there's Autism the Sequel and so many other things that you do when you help, uh, you have classes and you have kids that perform all over the place and you do live original shows that are just breath breathtaking. They always take my breath away. So you, you kind of have your hand in every single pot, don't you? Well, you know, it's it's the creative spirit, right? We 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 do we do what's needed and show up um, with what we're able to do and what we're able to give. And and my gift is is creativity and and uh, putting on shows with 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 uh, with all abilities. So I think that's we we do what we're, we we what we love and we do best. So I, I get I feel really privileged that I. I get to to do what I love and bring it to the world. And we should say that, you know, you've been doing this for quite a while. How many years has the Miracle Project been going so, strong? Shannon, we started uh, really in November of 2004. So, um, and our first show was in uh, 2005. So we've, we've been, we're going on 15 years and uh, 15 years and we're going to have a be sweet 16 you know, next wow. for our shows, which I'm really excited. And um, because of the pandemic, we pivoted to a virtual format. And the the challenges of of the pandemic is is the isolation, the depression, the anxiety. And so we've really brought our programs to those who who need it most, which is really all of us, and about creating community. So. All of our classes are virtual now. We have people from literally all over the world attending our, our classes. And uh, so it's it's been where we sing and dance and act. And we also have social skills that are evidence-based and social skills we get to practice, real world types of things in, the, in a safe, fun environment. So I'm, uh, I feel really grateful that, that we can be of service at a time when, when when our friends need it most, when I need it most, I mean, my happy days, my happy time is when I'm and in class with 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 uh, with my with my friends and my students. Yeah, I'm. You know, like everybody else, I uh, no one is loving COVID. Nobody's loving the isolation. Like we're all, you know, struggling with it. But I gotta say, I'm always trying to look for what have we learned. Yes. in this time? How are we growing during this time? What can we make the most of during this time? And I have to say that one of the biggest blessings I have seen is that um, so many people like you went, okay, I'm not going to be able to do it this way. So how can I do it? And I think that we've all learned about what can happen. And for years, we had um, people who would write in and say, well, I, you know, I love hearing about the Miracle Project, but, you know, I'm in Delaware and do you have it here? And now you are in more places than just Los Angeles and you do go and do workshops um, 
you know, in, in uh, different places and go and set it up so that even after you leave, that there is the capability of it uh, existing, but nothing like now when you can, when you can get to people all over the world, it's, I just love it. So, um, I just want, I'm just noticing in the chat that we do have a guest that Michael Stein is here and I want you to introduce him, Elaine. Absolutely. Well, I'll give a little bit of antecedent event to that. And, and uh, <laughs> um, but just to, to piggyback, first of what, what you said is, yes, we do the Miracle Project trainings all over, all over the world. And um, I'm, I'm still doing it. You know, I've been in Washington, D.C. from my couch. I've been in Detroit from my couch. <laughs> it's been really wonderful. Um, we're, we're training people and, and speaking about the Miracle Project. But yes, right now we're virtual and we've got people as far away as Denmark and um, Delaware and Wisconsin, e everywhere coming to our classes. I do want to make that available to, to your viewers. Um, and uh and I want to give, and then one, one other thing about what you were talking about with the antecedent event is that it's never too late to start the day over. Mm -hmm. So by practicing, by knowing that we're off center ourselves, by practicing mindfulness and getting centered and reminding ourselves of what, what is good, what is the air that's blowing on our face, you know, somebody's smile, just reminding ourselves of where we are can actually help restore us to to what we need so we can be there for our kids so um so that being said i wanted to share some background on a very dear friend and a brilliantly talented um musician singer songer songwriter he's a cantor at a synagogue in in los angeles and um mike stein has been a dear friend for for many many years and we've always wanted to collaborate he uh, is a cantor at a, a synagogue in uh, Los Angeles, and he also works uh, with churches in, in inclusion. And uh, he, a multi-faith, um, he called me one night, like 10.30 at night, and Mike is a night person and I'm a morning person. So he calls me one night around 10.30, I'm kind of half asleep and he's wide awake, very upset hmm. because he had worked with a group of students from his choir. Uh, and he can tell you, <laughs> he worked with a group of students from his choir and um, they were asked to be in a commercial, students that have disabilities to be in a commercial, an inclusive commercial. And of course they were all excited and they worked really, really hard learning the song, self-taping. And he found out <clears throat> that they were edited. They were on the floor and not put into the final product. And he was all upset and said, can we do something together? We're like, of course, because the whole thing about the Miracle Project is that it is a, uh, a program that is fully inclusive. We're not a program for people with autism. Right. <laughs> We're neurodiverse. We have all, everything. Or I like to say anyone who gets kicked out of any other program is what the Miracle Project's about. So of course, so Mike and I started to work together on a song and um, that really celebrates diversity, celebrates inclusion, celebrates belonging, because that's what it's about. It's not about including somebody. None of us want to be included. It's about belonging and knowing that we're really all, we're all one. 
we're all one. So Mike and his genius, and, and I do have to say he also was in the original cast of Jesus Christ Superstar. So <laughs> That's amazing. It was amazing. He <laughs> gathered together. The Miracle Project produced this video, which I guess I'll introduce Mike and then we'll see. And um, so uh, the Miracle Project uh, produced it with Mike, and he brought in so many of his good friends, which are incredible performers and celebrities and uh, just amazing people. And we brought in um, the Miracle Project performers and the Kolhat Tikva performers. And Mike, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a great introduction. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, you know, um, we wanted to, to make something that said, um, there's no reason for us to be on the editing floor. We are everything you need. We are holy, holy, right? And with, that, with the idea of being, of being holy and being, uh, 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 you know, holy in, in actually in Hebrew is kadosh, which means set apart. Which means so, but set apart in a way that you are that it is more beautiful and more important and more uh, necessary in life, right? So the whole idea was holy, holy. We're made of one breath, all of us. We are always who we are. What you see is what you get. Always, um, it's it's such it, it's an expression. It's an expression um, of of who um, these young people are that are a part of our choirs and our groups. And um, I brought in a friend of mine uh, who, who did it, who worked for, for nothing just as a, as a favor. He was Aretha Franklin's uh, arranger, director. I was, uh, there was one big Motown person on the phones uh, at the same time that I called him and he said, uh, you know, I, I just, I just hung up with, uh, I don't remember who it was right now, you know, uh, and, uh, but I want to talk to you. So uh, he helped. Uh, I had a friend who was from uh, Charlotte Crossley, who was uh, in Jesus Christ Superstar with me in the, in the sick, in this early seventies. And she came on and sang and it was, it's a beautiful, beautiful project. Um, and it just shows um, everybody together. Peter, Peter Yarrow, who is my friend from Peter, Paul and Mary. Is, is part of the program because he felt it was really important to, um, to talk about inclusion and to show everybody included and belonging. And I've got to tell you, when I taught the song to our, to our neurodiverse uh, uh, youth, they just love it. They just love it. It just rolls off their tongues. And that's really, that's the most important thing. They enjoyed doing it and that was important. Well, I we we've got to show this, so we have your permission to show it right now. Absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> I, I'm not sure whether we need to mute our microphones uh, or or we'll be heard. But Traven, uh, go ahead and roll that tape so we can see this wonderful video. What is the most important thing that God created, and we see that in His breath? God's breath is what lives in us all.
before us Nine afterthought, you thought you could ignore us? We are whole, we are holy So wonderful, you guys. Thank it's you. It's beautiful. Thank it's you. absolutely beautiful. Now, if people want to watch that again, where can they go to find that online? So they can go to the Miracle Project website. It's on our homepage. And please watch it, share it. It's, it's our statement of love that the world needs now more than ever. We've, we've received comments from, from people saying that they they with all the everything that's happening right now in the world that they, they they needed they needed to see this so we've gotten from therapists um uh doctors attorneys um performers everyone has has said just shared how how this has touched them so please come to our website please share it and comment comment on it. it's a youtube video that's available for free for everyone and we we we've had it shown in in synagogues it'll be shown in churches and i i want to say in honor of disability awareness and employment month that all of the performers um are are getting paid for their performance for their performance and uh we were we were gifted a donation from some wonderful uh uh grantors as well as the uh, Jewish Community Foundation, Jewish Federation. So everyone, all of our performers with and without disabilities were were paid. And as Mike said, you know, he gave his time and also H.B. Barnum donated his time 100%. So what an amazing thing. And I, I particularly love that it sprang out of something that was disappointing because that is truly how we move forward. And, and for me, it's the lesson uh, that, we, that we all need to be aware of. Things don't always go how they should. Yeah. Things don't always go as we would like them to be. People are not always their highest selves. We can't control that. Um, but you know, we, we've been talking about antecedents earlier today, but we can also talk about consequences, which are reactions. And it, it is not as much of, of what other people do, but how we react to it. So, Michael, I love that instead of, you know, just getting depressed or angry about the fact that the work that that you had done with all these young people was on the cutting room floor, you decided to do something that really has the ability to change the world and change hearts and minds. So congratulations to you for setting that example for all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a really so, wonderful thing. So, um, and, and, and Mike and I are now being asked to speak now all over. 
we share mm -hmm. the video and we're speaking we're, and we're bringing our, our, um, our performers to, to share about what it means to really belong rather than to just be included. So if people were interested in having you guys speak and having some of these young people um, come and speak at their church, their synagogue, their group, where, how would they go about asking you to do that? Yeah, they, they can just come to the Miracle Project, um, admin at themiracleproject.org. Okay. Um, just, come to our site. just come to our site, themiracleproject.org. And there, and there's a form and you can just say, you know, request for um, Elaine Hall and Mike Stein to, to, for the panel. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I mean, what a, what a wonderful um, thing. Cause you know, it cannot be understated how much we all need uh, I can't be overstated. I don't know which one I want, uh, but how much we all need connection right now. And a lot of the resources that people had kind of went away uh, during COVID, but people are getting hip to the fact that they can do a Google Hangout. They can do a Teams meeting. They can do a Zoom meeting and have a guest like you guys come in and speak about this and, and lift everybody up. Have, have an excuse to get together, talk about things that are positive and connect with each other. Our communities need this so badly now in so many different ways. And, you know, what I think for a lot of the people watching, whether they themselves are on the spectrum or they have kiddos that are on the spectrum and seeing the, the abilities that we saw in the video of people who were shining in their, you know, standing in their light and shining. Um, if, if somebody says, okay, well, I, I want to be able to do that, or I want my kid to be able to do that. As we said in, at the start, you have classes, um, that that's a great way to get started. So how, how I, I know they can go to the website, but give us a little bit more direction on what they would need to do. Okay. Well, <laughs> something fun for tonight. We're talking about traditions and changing traditions. We have a Halloween party tonight. So, and it's a Zoom Halloween party. So that's the first way to get to know us because we'll be doing the monster mash and singing and just having a blast. And it won't be scary because I know some kinds of Halloween things can be scary for some of our kids, but it's not going to be scary. It's going to be fun. So that's one way to, to get to know us. What um, time is that and how do they connect and do they have to register? Give us, give yes, us the whole yes, register. Again, it's right on our website. So come and register and we'll send you the Zoom link. Um, okay. It's free. What time? It's free. It is at 4.30 uh, Pacific Standard Time. Okay. Because I know somebody was asking me about it uh, yesterday. Right? You know, I can't read the... I'm so it's, so, it's so small, Traven. We can't read it. What time is uh, it? I'm so I apologize. It says 5 5 PM. We were 5 going PM. back and forth. 5 p.m. Uh, um, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So it's 5 we PM go. West Coast, 8 p.m. Eastern. And don't ask me to do Central. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so come and join us. It's going to be so much fun. We're really jazzed about that. Uh, and then our classes. So we have social skills classes for different age groups. And then we have our musical theater classes for different age groups and a professional level class for, for those who are seeking um, employment in the entertainment industry. So we have all different levels, but the best way is just come on our website, go to the um, uh, uh, info at themiracleproject.org and we will respond right away. 
And Michael, I just I, I'm I'm so glad that you were able to join us. I I I gotta know how did you and Elaine meet? <laughs> we go back a long, long time. Her father of blessed memory uh, was a very dear friend. Her father and her mother, um, and we've known each other through since uh, the early seventies, uh, I guess. Uh, a so long time. Yeah. Well before autism was her calling. Yes, yes. Uh, um, but how wonderful that you guys can connect on so many different levels, including that. Because you know what I always say, old friends are the best friends, but old friends that have uh, that you knew before you became part of the autism community who stayed with you and got involved with you are the best. The best. So, best it's a dream come true it's you know we've, we've crossed paths here and there because of the work we were doing and we said we got to get together we got to get together and then as elaine said i called her one night and i said i don't know how to deal with this except to do something you know and we did and we did and i'm so proud of it i i, I you sure? know i do a lot of work and i said i'm done with it i'm done with it i watch this over and over again every time i see it i see something new and exciting because to see, you know, this, you know, the, like Peter Yarrow and, and, and all of my friends are coming together and wanting to be in this same video, right, standing right next to, they're not standing, but they're, you know, placed yeah. right next to each other. Is just, so can we expect more along this line? Is this just the first of many that you guys are going to collaborate? Yes, we're going to be applying for grants. And this is the first of many. I mean, Mike is a prolific writer. And, um, and I'm a storyteller. So together we really come up with, we have so many ideas and it's, mm -hmm. it's all about belonging. It's all about belonging. And fantastic, uh, you guys. And, uh, wait till you hear Mike sing. Well, you heard him on the video, but wait till you hear him. Yes. So he'll be <laughs> singing and um, yeah. Well, I look forward to a concert in the future, whether it's something that's online or, of course, we all long for the day when we can be in a room together um, and, and you know, hopefully uh, sooner as opposed to later. But I just want to thank you guys so much uh, for doing this at a time when we all need it and for creating work for individuals on and off the spectrum. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. We hope that you guys um, continue uh, to, and Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us this morning. We weren't sure if we were going to have you, but this is just a wonderful treat. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It was really wonderful. Thanks. Fabulous. And uh, if you guys don't mind, we have a bunch of questions. If if you guys want to stay, there, there are questions about autism, not as much about your project. Um, I, you know, I don't know if you want to stay for that or I'm going to field them. Would you like to stay or go? Um, I'm I'm good till eleven. So if I can help right. answer anything, I'm happy to. I always love hanging with you, Shannon. So Michael, would you like? I have I have an appointment at eleven, so I've I've got to go. Well, thank you for being with us. We really appreciate you. What a wonderful human being you are, and so glad you're you're part of our community. Thanks. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> yes, big hearts. Uh, okay, so I'm so glad that uh, Elaine is staying with us. I just wanted to get to, especially there's one question here, and I'm sure that uh, both Elaine and I as moms will, will have some memories of this. Somebody wrote in and said, my daughter is 32 months 
and is on the path of recovery. And we'll talk a little bit about that term in a second because people have different reactions to that, but I want to honor what you put here. And mom says she has joint attention, imitation, social play, gestures, toy play, uh, attention span, but I still feel that there's a gap socially as she's not initiating. And she wants to know, I'm assuming, I don't, I don't know that that's mom or dad. They want to know, will initiating interaction come through time or does that take stages? Um, and, and I want to address the question first, and then we'll go back and talk about the term recovery, because I know that that's very reactive for a lot of people. I'm saying good morning to Helen, too. Hi, Helen. Um, so, you know, I love, I'll tell you what, what's hard for me. I'm not good at math. So when somebody says 32 months, I have to like take off my shoes and count, like I have to figure out like how old is a 32 month old, but is that a three-year-old? Am Almost. I wrong? Almost three. Almost three. Okay. I'm really not a math person. Um, but I just want to say, and I can't wait to hear what Elaine says, that um, one of the things that's hard in the autism community, because our children will develop at a different pace, maybe than the chart that we were given or the chart that's in our head of kids that we've known before, um, it's still, we need to be careful that we don't have an expectation that they be able to do something that isn't even on the chart that I don't like, right? But um, th at that age, uh, social skills are, for anybody, are not where we hope that they will end up because it's where the beginnings, the very beginnings of social skills starts to emerge. So in that long list of abilities that your child has, I just think you're you're doing really well. If a child has joint attention, the social stuff, there are stages, um, but it does take time and it takes a while for other things to be in place and there are precursors. So I just want to tell you, you're doing a great job and to be patient. Um, I, I love to recommend the skills curriculum, skillsforautism.com that if you want to see like sort of what the stepping stones are, but it's going to tell you at that age that you, they shouldn't be able to do a lot of things um, socially. And the fact that they're not initiating socially is uh, I know of concern to you, but it'll come in time. That's what I want to say about that. But Elaine, you work on things um, in a very unique way with students meeting them um, in play and doing a play uh, you've seen a lot of this. And as a mom, I'm sure that you've seen this. What words of wisdom do you have for this parent? Well, I, I, I think I, I want to echo uh, what you said, Shannon. I, I want to applaud. Uh, remind me her name again is. Um, well, the, the, the person, their name is Nature Love. Okay. Uh, well, I, I want to applaud you for the wonderful way that you're seeing your child and what you're valuing and the fact that your child has come so far at such a young age. So first I want to applaud you. Then also to, we always want to, what I was taught early on is never to compare my son with another child, but to only compare him to him. Where is he today that he wasn't yesterday? And in that respect, with initiation, we want we always want to look at where are they initiating. So rather than what are they not, where are where do you see your child initiating? Maybe with with the simple wants and needs right now, and that's great. 
And one way to encourage that is to have neurotypical playmates around. I was encouraged early on to have neurotypical playmates to help model, to help model. And that, that is what we do at the Miracle Project, but also what I, I did as a mom. And then something for everyone, um, Shannon, I know, you know, we've talked about this quite a while. They, they, some of the, in the older literature, they would say there's a window of opportunity. And if you don't acquire these skills at certain, certain, certain age, you're never going to get them. Well, I want to share with you what I learned from one of my mentors, um, Dr. Stanley Greenspan, and I interpreted it this way. He told me that a 70-year-old can learn to play guitar. So the brain, the brain is always developing. So I gave my own window of opportunity, which is there are a skyscraper of windows. So we have students who don't acquire certain social skills. They come to us, they're 15 years old, and they're able to acquire incredible social skills, commenting on another person, giving compliments, sharing their thoughts and ideas. I also now work with a 62-year-old, a 60-terrific-year-old, who has <laughs> recently been diagnosed. Wow. And has developed all kinds of skills that never thought was possible. So I just want to encourage you and all the parents to keep on the path, stay open, stay resilient, stay loving, and watch for what they are doing rather than what's not happening. I love that. And then I just want to take a second to deal with the word recovery because it's always a trigger here. Um, and I've had many friends, self-advocates, individuals who are on the autism spectrum who've asked me very politely to stop using the term. And I have tried to stop using the term as much as possible. My agreement with them is I will stop using the term, but that I won't stop talking about the concept of it. That there is a, um, there is a concept of, there, there's the diagnosis of an autism spectrum disorder. And um, that's a very specific thing. And in order to get that diagnosis, you have to meet certain criteria. You have to have, you know, uh, these three things and you have to have them present in your life to an extent that they prevent you from doing the things that you would want to do that you personally would want to do. Right. Um, and that you would need support in order to live your life to the extent that you um, choose to live it. So that you qualify for a diagnosis of a disorder when you have that. We have seen over the years that individuals with a whole lot of treatment and with a whole lot of support can get to the point where they learn skills to the point where that is no longer true for them. That they And they go to an independent person and where before it's documented that they did qualify for a diagnosis now they no longer qualify for a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. And I, I keep hitting the word disorder, not because I like it, because I don't like it. But I, I want to acknowledge that there is a difference between that I have met many individuals, and I'm sure that Elaine has too, that have, um, you know, at some point were diagnosed with autism, um, but we cannot say that they are disabled and they don't have a disorder. And they are living big, huge lives. And some of those people need support and some of them don't. 
And so at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, they consider a person to be recovered. And again, I'm going to use those. I, I want a better word. And I hear that we need a better word, but I don't have another word right now. But when someone no longer qualifies with a, a professional who can diagnose, no longer qualifies for the disorder, when they are able to go to their workplace or school and get at least a C average with no support, and when they need no other supports in their life, then the Center for Autism and Related Disorders considers those people to be in the recovery category. Doctors now, I don't know if you know this, Elaine, they, they classify that as autism in remission because we do not have yet words for this. But I want people to know that it is not, you know, it is, it is I've seen it personally. Um, it happens, it can happen. It does not happen for everyone. But, um, but I have seen individuals gain skills to the point when, where they don't, they are, they're not, they cannot qualify for the diagnosis and they don't need supports in their life. Their brain still works in this wonderful, beautiful, unique way um, and processes information in a different way. Nobody has changed them. I want to make sure that we, you know, that we say that, but they, no one would call them disabled, including themselves. Um, and so, and they don't need uh, more support. So, but I know that for a lot of you, it's a, it's a word you don't like, but I, but I do I do believe in the concept, but Elaine, I don't know if this is something, and I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, uh, do you want to say anything or do you want to plead the fifth? No, I, I mean, I think you summed it up beautifully. I, I, I always love leaning into neurodiversity, neurodiversity. And like one of my best friends is um, Dr. Stephen Shore. Have you, have you had him on the show? You know, we have interviewed him in many different places, and I keep talking about having him on the show. We need to have him. Oh, but we've oh, interviewed him. He's been on the show, just not in this format. Got it. Got it. Got it. You've done so much. Anyway, I, I can help make that happen, too, if you want. But anyway, he's one of my closest friends. He is a professor um, at uh, Adelphi University. He is, as he says, the uh, one of the only professors who teaches about autism, who shares that he has autism though many people in, in universities have autism. <laughs> um, and uh, he travels all around the world and, and speaks about autism and now, you know, from his couch. So one would look at him and say, oh, you are recovered, right? But the reality is because of his, the way his brain works and the way he processes and the way he cares for himself and the way he's learned to uh, respect his uh unique profile, he, in his own being, qualifies boldly as being on the autism spectrum. So I think it's individual. Uh, I always have trouble with, and I hope this isn't controversial, but I have trouble with being defined externally. And uh, I mean, I'm neurodiverse. I have high sensory sensitivities. You know, we've talked about this you know, Shannon in different ways before, but I think each person has the right and the obligation to define themselves in whatever way that they believe. And if allowing others to know, listen, I have a sensory processing challenge and I need a certain, learning how to advocate for yourself, no matter what your ability is, helps you. And, um, 
And I think that's one of the keys that those who test off the spectrum now have, have learned. Yeah. And it really goes back to our, the first question too, really, is that what is the, what is the child, what is the adult able to now do where they can advocate for themselves, provide the necessary supports yeah. so that they can function. They have the ability that is not a disability. And then it goes back to the other thing. And, and I've written about this quite a bit is that we all have strengths and challenges. Absolutely. Which leads me to, I don't know if I, if I've told you this, do you know who's on a week from today is Barry Prezant. Ah, one of my closest friends. And and so he will, he will speak very uh, efficiently and effectively to this. He is the author of the book, Uniquely Human. So um, yes. And uh, so we've gone over, but I think it was for a good cause. Uh, but so thrilled to have you here today. And thank you for having Michael join us and give him our love. But um, thank you so much. And just reminding everybody this afternoon, Halloween party, make sure that you go to the miracleproject.org and register if you or your child would like to go to, or your teen or young adult would like to go to that Halloween party. It sounds like it's, it's a so fun. Wear your costume. There you go. Halloween it up. Whatever. Uh, That's right. Okay. We are back tomorrow. Tomorrow is our Halloween show. And if you've watched over the years, you know that Nancy and I like to do up Halloween. Nancy Allspot Jackson will be here. Um, And uh, somebody is saying, thank you, Elaine and Michael. I can't wait to share your song. Uh, Teach the Talent event at the uh, Adeth Israel Congregation in Toronto, Canada. How wonderful. That will be wonderful. Uh, But don't forget tomorrow, uh, be here to see who Nancy and I uh, dress up as Halloween. I I hope we can pull it off. It's good. I just, I can't, I can't (laughs) tell you. I got to see that. Um, And and right now we're showing, yes, I got to go too, but uh, we're back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. um, And tune in tomorrow. You won't want to miss it. All right. Bye-bye for now.